0: on suite or not? That is the question. This is one of the most ferociously debated topics happening in our industry at the minute. And it's a discussion that recently came up inside the HMO community. A lot of people shared some very strong opinions, some very well justified opinions. And in today's episode, what I want to do is share them back with you on the podcast, but also highlight the pros and cons so that you can make an informed decision as to whether putting on suites in your HMOs is the right thing to do. Don't go anywhere, and please enjoy today's instalment of the HMO Podcast. Hey guys, it's Andy here. We're going to be getting back to the podcast in just a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you very quickly about the HMO Roadmap. Now, if you're serious about replacing your income, or perhaps you've already got a HMO portfolio that you want to scale up, then the HMO Roadmap really is your one-stop shop. Inside the Roadmap, you'll find a full 60-lesson course delivered by me, teaching you how to find more deals, how to fund more deals and raise private finance, how to refurbish great properties, how to fill them with great tenants that stay for longer, and how to manage your properties and tenants for the future. also got guest workshops added every single month. We've got new videos added every single week about all sorts of topics. We've got downloadable resources, cheat sheets, and swipe files to help you. We've got case studies from guests and community members who are doing incredible projects that you can learn from. And we've also built an application just for you that allows you to appraise and evaluate your deals, stack them side by side, and track the key metrics that are most important to you. To find out more, head to the hmoroadmap.co.uk now and come and join our incredible community of HMO property investors. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. So today we're going to discuss on suites in HMOs. This is a widely debated topic. A lot of people have got some very strong and well-justified opinions on whether we should be putting on suites in our HMOs or whether we shouldn't. So in today's episode, I'm going to share the pros and cons with you. I'm going to share five pros and five cons. And by the end of today's episode, you should be able to make a very well-informed decision about whether this is right for you, about whether installing on suites into your HMOs is the right right thing to do. Now, at first glance, the answer to this question, whether we should put en-suites into our HMOs, seems obvious. Why wouldn't we if tenants prefer it? And I think it's fair to say that most tenants would prefer an en-suite to a non suite room if everything else was the same. Why wouldn't we do it? Well, Today's episode is for you. This is exactly why I've recorded today's episode because there are, in fact, some huge, some massive considerations and some potentially very damaging consequences of putting en suites into HMOs. And that is, in part, what I want to share with you today. So let's not mess around. Let's not beat around the bush. Come on, Andy. Tell me. Tell me what I need to know about en suites. Okay, so I'm going to start with the pros. I'm going to give you five pros. And the first one is the obvious one it is a tenant preference. Tenants prefer en-suites. I would, you probably would. Why wouldn't you? Give someone the choice of two rooms. They're exactly the same, exactly the same location. The rent's exactly the same, but put an en-suite in one of them. Then of course, they're going to take the en-suite, aren't they? Why wouldn't they? So yes, it is a tenant preference. And with that comes a certain degree of rental confidence. If tenants prefer something, then the likelihood is you're going to find it easier to... To let. And of course, that is the single biggest pro in my mind of putting en suites into properties. We want tenants to want to live in our rooms, want to live in our properties. And if en suites helps us do that, then why wouldn't we do it? So it's an obvious one. Tenants prefer en suites. The second pro is because for many of us, in different markets across the country, having on suites in our HMOs will actually put us above the competition. Irrespective of tenant preference, it actually helps us build a better spec, a better accommodated property. And that is good. That gives us more confidence. That gives us confidence that we're going to let our properties over people down the road. If the market was to falter or Let's say if you're in a university town and all of a sudden they had to slash numbers or they moved to campus, your properties are going to be preferred over other landlords. Now, that doesn't mean to say that tenants will automatically take you up on your rooms or your properties over other landlords. There are other factors that we're going to get into. But if you had to, if shit hit the fan and you really had to think about how to market to a much more limited supply of tenants than having on suites is inevitably going to help you, particularly if at the same time you could afford to reduce your prices or be competitive on price. Now for me, this is another fantastic benefit of putting on suites into properties. I'm building for the future. I want my portfolio to be future-proofed. And that is another point that I'm going to come on to. The third pro here is that this is a future-proofing solution. There are only so many things that we can do to future-proof our properties. We can use good materials, we can create good management services. We can make sure that we bring in the right tenants and bring lending on board the right way. We can reduce risk where possible. We cannot overgear. We can make sure we buy in the right locations. All of these things help us future-proof our properties, but en-suites will help us do that because over time, if there is a continuing change in preference from tenants who want en-suite rooms over non suite rooms, then you are going to be a first choice. And that, for me, is important. Now, I don't think that it's an absolute priority or essential quality for the majority of the HMO market. It isn't. A lot of people are more than happy to pay for non suite rooms. But... 10 years' time, maybe that will change. What if more and more people start to do more and more things with their HMOs, make them cool in different ways, make them attractive in other ways, maybe ways that we don't know about or can even think about? Well, Having en suites in there is to some extent going to future proof your portfolio. And for me, that's a biggie. I'm always looking ahead at my portfolio thinking, okay, what do I need to do today to make sure that my portfolio is working in 10 years' time? Because I plan to keep all of mine for a long, 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 long time. So future proofing, that is the third pro to installing en suites. The fourth pro is increased rents. You can charge more for en suite rooms almost everywhere in the country. Now, how much more you can charge differs from one city to the other. It depends on the competition. It depends on your tenant demographic. But almost everywhere in the country, if you've got en-suites in your properties, you will be able to charge more for your rent. We're managing HMOs, we're investing in HMOs, and that's ultimately what we want to do. We want to generate cash. The more cash positive we are, the better, the healthier our portfolio is. So the fourth pro is increased rents. We're actually going to get more money for our properties and for our rooms, and that is a good thing. The fifth and final pro that I'm going to share with you is that I think that en-suites are just a good thing to do. They offer a certain degree of privacy, which I think we want to see more of in the PRS. It's a better standard of living. It's a better standard of accommodation, and that can only be a good thing if you think about certain tenant types and demographics of tenant who maybe are more vulnerable or need more space for personal reasons, maybe they've got medical conditions, actually having an ensuite can be the difference. And not everybody wants to share or disclose this information when they're applying to live in a property. And having to accept sharing a bathroom may be their only option because of affordability or type of accommodation available in the area that they need it. So more on suites out there in the PRS, in our HMOs, I think is a good thing. So I think you'd agree that actually those five pros to putting on suites into our HMOs are quite substantial. Tenants prefer them, so it boosts the rental confidence. It helps us beat the competition. We can push the rents up, it provides additional privacy and a better standard of living, and it's a future-proofed solution. I mean, there aren't many things that we can do in our properties that give us all of those at the same time. So it's difficult to argue against en suites, Or is it? Let's move on to the cons. Now, first and foremost, we've got to consider the economics. After all, we're investors. We need to see a bang for our buck. For every pound that we invest, we need to see a return on it. Now, good investing is all about perfecting the intersection between what you invest and what you can actually get back. But of course, it's not just a science. There's an art to this, isn't there? We need to make sure that in doing so, while actually creating these products, it's desirable. People actually want to live there. People can afford to live there. So it isn't completely linear. It isn't black and white. And what I'm getting at here is that putting on suites in can, as we've already established, increase the rents. It can give you more rental confidence, but there is a real economic consideration to take into account here, and that is the first con. How much does it really cost to install an ensuite? In my experience, upwards of fifteen hundred quid can be in the region of two to three thousand pounds. It really depends on the size, the spec. How are you going to get the waste outflow from the property, which is often the big one? And with that in mind, anything between 1,500 and 3,000 quid for an ensuite, you really have to stop and ask yourself, how long is it going to take me to recoup that additional cost? If that is simply from increasing the rents by, let's say, 10 or 15 pound per week, how long is it going to take me to recoup that investment at just an extra 10 to 15 pound a week? The answer, I'm afraid, is a long, 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 long time. And when you consider the cost of opportunity, what else you could do with this money, particularly if you're installing three, four, five en suites, that's 10, 12, 15,000 quid. There is a lot to think about here. And often it is uneconomic. It is uneconomic to put an en suite in simply because you can push the rents up. You really have to be leaning on the rental confidence and the future proof piece. You have to actually buy into the fact that. There isn't much of an economic benefit right now, but it will assure me a better degree of rental confidence. I'll actually be able to rent these rooms more easily, or it'll almost guarantee that I can rent the rooms. Perhaps without the en-suites, you might struggle. And there are definitely some markets in the country, particularly in the professional sector, that without en-suites now, you will struggle. So this is a really important consideration. And I'll be honest, I don't have many en-suites in my properties, and this is why because economically it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. We can top out the market rents in almost every market that I operate in by just doing what we do. And that doesn't involve installing on suites. We build rental confidence in in lots of other ways, we push the rents in lots of other ways, but putting on suites in is a step too far for us. It would just cost too much and the other cons that we're going to come to make it a non-starter. But there's the first one, economics. Is it really beneficial to actually spend the money and install en-suites? Be honest with yourself, do the calculations and work it out. I think you'll be surprised to find out how long it might take you to repay that back. If you're basing it purely on increasing the rent, it's probably not going to be worthwhile. The second con is space and amenities. A lot of the properties that I invest in are of a similar type and age and construction, and the floor plans are quite similar. And honestly, a lot of them don't really lend themselves to putting en-suites in. The properties are just a bit small, and there's not a huge amount I can do about that. We can't just extend to put en-suites in. It doesn't really make sense. So to some degree, I'm limited with some of the properties I own as to what we could actually do in terms of installing en-suites. But there's another point here as well. And I'm going to share an example with you. I was working with someone a while ago. They invested into a professional HMO. I think it was in Hull. And it was a fantastic project that they did. Really, really amazing. Initially, they had hoped to let it out to students. They hadn't done the research, they hadn't done the work. And actually, it wasn't close enough to the campus. The students didn't want to live there. So they put it into the professional market. And this was a fantastic property. Amazing. Big bedrooms with... On suites in them. Brand new, top spec, really, really beautiful property. But because they had to change from students to professionals, the council had to come back and reconsider the licensing arrangements. And it had to be licensed based on a non cohesive arrangement tenants who aren't on the same tenancy, so professionals. And the rules and regs and guidelines that each local authority imposes on this are different from one town to the next. And in this example, this actually happened, it was devastating. The council wouldn't grant a license for non-cohesive arrangements because the floor spaces in the bedrooms were too small. They had a different amenity criteria for professionals and students. The bedroom floor spaces were too small or deemed to be too small for professionals on a non-cohesive arrangement, and the only option for my client was to rip out the en suites. They had to actually physically rip out the en suites to get the floor space back that they needed to then get this passed. So they'd spent all this money on installing en suites, looked amazing. and The council said, "Doesn't matter. These are our standards. The floor space in the bedrooms too small. So either you can rip them out, or we're not going to give you a license." And of course, what do you do at that point? You had to rip them out. So you have to be very, very careful to make sure that putting en suites in doesn't compromise your floor space so much so that you can't get your HMO licence. People often don't think about this. And in retrospect, it can be a massive, massive problem and cost a huge amount of money. I've seen more than one person get crippled by this. At the same time, even if you're not going to fail your amenity standards, you have to think about practically whether you're leaving enough space for the bedroom. Nobody wants a bedroom with a bed that you can just about walk around and a wardrobe you can just about open, which in some local authorities would actually still pass. For me, the benefit of putting the en suite in there and getting the kind of future proofing from that does not outweigh the negative, the con of having such a small bedroom, which is a real negative in the eyes of most tenants. People don't want to live in tiny rooms, even if it's got an en suite. Now, of course, that's not the case for everybody, but you need to take a position on this. And my position is that actually, if the ensuite compromises the floor space in the bedroom that much, then I wouldn't want to do it. So you need to think about that. The third con then is the obvious one: en suites are basically just water sources, and maintenance and upkeep is a huge problem. You're really just increasing the risk of leaks happening. And trust me they will happen waste traps will go the shower seals will fail the silicon the grout will fail they'll get blocked and overflow i've seen it all and ensuite's are almost always where it happens in part that's because you're not sending cleaners in to clean ensuite bedrooms not usually anyway and tenants often won't clean them themselves to let the waste traps fill up they won't tell you about a bit of water that they've seen coming out under the bottom of the shower tray whatever it is and they can be big 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 problems often on suites need to sit on top of other bedrooms and then of course you get a lot of problems if you do get a leak Now you need to really think about this because while at the beginning it might be fine in that honeymoon period, you've got all these en-suites, tenants who love it, place looks great, but four, five, six, seven years into this, things are very, very different. Those en-suites don't look great anymore. Those en-suites are problems. They are the source of leaks. They are maintenance, they are upkeep, and trust me, they can be very, very, very expensive. Number four, then, the fourth con to installing on-sweets into your HMOs is that you can risk over-commercialising your property. One of the things that I've always been very public about is that I don't like to over my portfolios. I don't like to lean too heavily on commercial valuations. I always like to know that I've got a plan B, an alternative exit, if the HMO market was to falter or fail, or I needed to get out quickly for whatever reason. And in part, that means making sure that I can sell my property back to the residential market. Now, not every property I've got falls into that criteria. Some of them are in really prime student areas and they're sandwiched between other student HMOs. They're only ever going to suit investors. But in some of my properties, that's not the case. And particularly for people who are buying professional properties in peripheral locations, in small towns, where there isn't a huge student demographic, you've really got to think about this. If you start banging on suites into every single room, including downstairs bedrooms, you are never going to be able to sell that property to a family if you need to. If one day the bank comes to refinance your property, it doesn't stack up for whatever reason, what are you going to do? You're going to have to rip on sweets out. You might find that some lenders just aren't interested in lending. This is the reality. I've seen this happen on a number of occasions. So for me, you really do risk over-commercialising it. Now, in some cases, in some properties, in some locations, it makes sense. It's okay. It's only ever going to be a very commercial property. But if it's just a four or a five-bed HMO, and actually what it really is, a previously three-bed semi-detached house on a street of other three-bed semi-detached houses... You can't over-commercialise it, or you really shouldn't over-commercialize it. Maybe you could put a balance of on-suites in, one or two, but maybe you wouldn't put five in. Have a think about that. The fifth con, and this is the biggie, guys, is the potential to get rebanded for your council tax. This is happening up and down the country. It is a pandemic waiting to happen. It is going to be a massive, massive problem for a lot of people. A lot of people are blind to it, a lot of people can see it, but you know, just don't care or ignoring it. This is a big issue and it's affecting a lot of people. A lot of people are having to challenge it. A lot of people have been massively impacted by it. The councils or the VOA in some places and more and more places are banding on a room by room basis and they're using on suites as a method of justifying this that exclusive use of a facility and they're placing a council tax banning on the room. Imagine that your council tax went from £150 for the whole property, you've got five professionals in there, to five times £150. What will that do to your bottom line? What will that do to the profit margin in your HMO? This is happening. This isn't me just coming up with some imaginary worst case scenario that could happen. This is actually happening now. If you haven't heard it, you've got your head in the sand. You're living under a rock. This is happening now. People are struggling all over the country with this. Now, I can't tell you for sure whether it's going to happen where you are, whether it's not. I can't tell you when that might be. I can't tell you whether at some point these decisions that the VOA have made will get overturned and some legislation will come in to stop them doing it. But it is happening and it's causing a huge, huge, huge problem for a lot of people. So I would be extremely cautious about putting a lot of en-suites in for this reason. We talked about future-proofing already. Well, this really does threaten that, doesn't it? It really brings into question whether putting en-suites in will actually future-proof stuff. Economically, of course, if you knew that you were going to fall under individual room banding you just wouldn't put on suites in, would you? It just wouldn't make sense to start taking on five times £150 or whatever your council tax is. Some parts of the country, I know it's far, far more. So that is a biggie. So there we go. Five pros, five cons. The cons are, I think, substantial. The cons are big enough for me to not want to do too many en suites. I've got a few en suites in, but actually, I found other ways to maximize my portfolio. And I have taken the position that if in the future, the only way for me to compete is to put on suites in, then I'll have to do it retrospectively. But right now, it's not economic for me. I'm still beating the competition. I'm still pushing rents. I couldn't make it economically worthwhile to put on suites in to push my rents up any further. And I don't think the cons of the potential council tax banding by the room is a risk I'm prepared to take. I don't like compromising on room spaces too much. I like big rooms and a lot of my tenants like that as well. And I don't really want the maintenance and upkeep of managing literally hundreds of en-suites. No, thank you. But now you know, you can make your own decision. And I want to stress that there isn't a right or wrong. I'm not telling you that because I don't really do it, that it's the wrong thing to do. In some places, it's the right thing to do. In some places, it is the only thing to do because you will not be able to compete without it. So you have to make up your own mind. You've got to take a really logical approach to this. You've got to take a position. You've got to understand these pros and these cons, and you've got to build all of that in to your plan, to your business plan, to your game plan. That is it for today's episode. Five pros, five cons of installing on suites into HMOs. You make up your own mind, but I would love to know what you think, so drop me a DM, send me a message on Facebook, Instagram, start a thread in the HMO community if you've listened to this and tell me what you're doing and what you're going to do as a result of listening to today's episode. Don't forget that I'm on hand over in the HMO community if you want to come and discuss this in person. If you want to chat to other people who've done it, maybe find out what people are doing about things like the banding by the room and the issues that they're having, come and join the community, come and get involved in the conversation. Of course, if you want the detail, if you really want to take things to a new level, to level things up, to scale up your property business, then the HMO Roadmap is where you want to be. Don't forget, every single month we've got a member mastermind, so you can come and chat with me and our community members about your business. We can actually sit and answer questions that you have about your property business. If you're having problems, we can try and solve them with you. It's a great resource. It costs you £48 plus VAT per month. It is an absolute no-brainer It cost you less than a cup of Starbucks coffee every single day. That's it. Don't forget, I'll be right back here next time. So join me then for the next instalment of the HMO podcast.